Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We'll talk today a lot about back-to-school news. For example, in suburban Bucks County, the school district facing backlash over their student name and gender policies. That's making headlines this morning. And as well, there are rip current warnings down the shore as we know that the weather that has been rocking, for example, Puerto Rico with Hurricane Fiona moving through, now that weather we're getting here, storms moving in to our region, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Delaware as well. And we'll continue to update you on all the day's headlines, of course, but be safe if you're headed down the shore. We are thrilled to welcome just a, a gorgeous, brilliant Emmy Award winning news anchor, and you know her well as a national Fox News anchor. And uh, I welcome to the show, Julie Banderas. It's so good to have you here. Oh, hi. How are you? Great to be on. And uh, I, I love the area. I haven't been to Philadelphia in a really long time, but it's glad. I'm glad to be able to at least be heard by people from there. Um, Absolutely. I'm a big fan of Pennsylvania. Yes. And so you have a new book, Fiona's Fantastical Fort. So tell us about your new children's book. And I wonder, as, as you're you know, debuting the book, and then we look at the storm name Fiona, I don't know if it were, this is the good Fiona, but I, I couldn't help but, but notice that, that it's Fiona's fantastical fort, and we have Fiona in, in the news, obviously, internationally as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this is a good Fiona. And Fiona was around before this most recent Fiona. So I hope Fiona doesn't get a bad rap for being a stormy um, <laughs> uh, little bit of a, 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 a wreck maker. But um, yeah, no, this is a little girl who's part of the um, Brave series. They have a Freedom Island series by Brave Books. It's a Christian conservative company, book publishing company that reached out to me uh, last year. And, uh, and when they told me about their messages that's what really just sort of drew me in and then when we started brainstorming about the theme and the storyline i was just talked it's just such an awesome storyline but the idea behind brave books is what really hit home for me personally i'm a mom of three kids ages six nine and twelve mm-hmm. uh we moved moved out of new york city recently during the pandemic we had a home in long island and during the pandemic we decided to move out because a lot of the schools were going remote and i said no way that's not happening. So uh, we went out to uh, to Southampton, New York. And fortunately, my children are not really subjected to the woke stuff that is in our schools today, being that they are being raised in Catholic schools. And so we've never really had that problem. 
But I do know very much so what a lot of the parents are struggling with in this country in that there are a lot of things that are being taught to our children that aren't necessarily our decisions as parents. It's the school district's curriculum and they're making choices for us. And I'm not sure when and why someone decided that a parent shouldn't be the one ultimately making choices for their children. Because until your kid's 18 and they're an adult, I'm pretty sure it's the parent that makes choices. No, not, not the teacher, not the school district, not, not the, the, the taxpayers that vote on whether my my kid should be taught X, Y, or Z. Yes. And we're dealing with this as I think many school districts across the, the country are dealing with this, you know, and I'm like you, Julie, I have two kids and went through the Catholic schools. Yeah. So even though in Philadelphia, for example, in many of our schools in across New Jersey were shut down, I think Philadelphia, we had one of, if not the strictest uh, shutdowns for schools during the pandemic, and we're, we're certainly yep. feeling the results of that. But, yes. you know, so it is a blessing, you know, for people who already had their kids maybe in a faith-based school or a private school. But tell us yeah. a, a little bit about Brave Books, because I love, I've done some other interviews with this, but Brave Books, this is a great idea because I think, I mean, so many families with, you know, little little kids especially are nervous as to buying something that's woke or inappropriate. And then they have to sit there and explain it instead of just enjoy it and, and have the joy of reading a book to their child. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the, rea- the reality is that nowadays books are changing. They are very different than the books that we grew up l- listening to and being read to when we were little children. Um, so the CEO of, of Brave Books basically came out and decided that he was tired of the fact that, you know, the... The, the philosophy being taught to children, the morals, the values, all of those things are being lost. And people are more concerned about teaching people more about current day politics and political views and political correctness. Um, Trent Talbot is the CEO and founder of Brave Books. And the reason he came out with Brave Books is because he, in fact, was working in the field of ophthalmology, to be honest. And because of this whole woke culture that has now saturated our kids' schools, and unfortunately, the minds of a lot of our children and our youth that are uh, vulnerable and they're, you know, dependent on us as adults to make the right choices so that we're not shaping their minds in one way or the other. Let them be children is what I always say. He decided to leave the, the, the field of ophthalmology, in fact, to start Brave Books shortly around the pandemic. Um, and in the process, it's been an incredible experience to see what he has created with the Freedom Island series. So basically what he has done is he has a monthly subscription book club for parents. And it's called Freedom Island, which is pretty cool. And it comes with this huge map and all these different characters. And every single book a, uh, you know, comes out once a month with a different message, with a different theme. Um, mine happens to be perseverance, which I think is something so important for parents to instill in their children that when things get tough, you must push through, you must persevere, don't ever give up. I always tell my kids, when you start something, you better finish it. Don't give up. And that's something that kids need to be taught. I think a lot of times kids are almost taught that, you know, you can try your hardest. And if you've done your hardest, then that's perfect. But if you haven't accomplished, if you haven't finished, then that's not good. We have to teach our kids that, you know, just because you're not coming in first place, that's not the point. Yes, you don't have to win, but you also have to be the best you can be. And don't sit back and expect people to praise you because you've done half the work. 
You know, like yes. if my child is in a contest and they don't win, I'm not going to congratulate them because like, yay, you lost. But did you complete it? That's what I want to know. No. Oh, you, you completed it. Great. Well, I'm glad that you completed it. But anyway, so that's the book, you know, in a nutshell, you know, but Fiona is this little girl who decides that she wants to build a fort. And a lot of kids these days are on their iPads. They're not outside. It's just a very different lifestyle that our children are being raised in. And so this little girl perseveres and she pushes through and she ends up, you know, buying, building a fort outside, um, tries to impress her friends who are sort of reluctant to, you know, get excited for her. And then eventually once she pushes through and decides to build this amazing fort after many times of being turned down and you know, sort of made fun of by her friends. Her father encourages her to persevere. And so she does. And in the end, all her friends are, you know, very happy for it and (laughs) praise her and she's very excited. So, but it's just a cute story of how, you know, children are often up against a lot of difficult obstacles and you can't let others bring you down. Yes. How did you come up with the, the Fiona Fort I mean, were you, when you were a kid, like we used to make in, in the wintertime, we'd make the fort with the couch cushions, but then in the summertime totally. in a tree. I mean, how did you come up with that? Or was it inspired as well by your, your three children? Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, building forts was something that I used to love to do, whether it was raining out or not. I mean, we would be outside playing with sticks and whatever we could find to build cool forts. And I remember just having this just excitement about the creativity and my imagination that would run wild. And I would, you know, picture it to be this amazing thing where, you know, Fiona in her book wants to build a mansion and she wants to buy, build a castle in her, in her mind, it really looks like a castle, but then other kids look at it and they're like, that doesn't look like a castle. That looks like a bunch of twigs, you know, or like in our houses, of course, you know, with, with pillows and blankets, who doesn't, build I mean who doesn't love building forts and it's something that I think a lot of parents love to do with their kids indoors right Mm -hmm. because a lot of kids are not as good at like hanging blankets from high places and like kind of helping them do the fort which is cool because the book publishing company Brave Books they actually came out with an idea where it's actually fort contest month so this month it's really important that people do this because then they get to get a chance to spend time with their children and also win some really cool prizes Um, we're asking people to grab their kids and build a fantastical pillow blanket fort and then you're supposed to upload your picture um, or your video and then we're going to choose a winner. So you can reach out to us on social media, be, there, be it TikTok, I mean, not TikTok, I'm sorry, um, Twitter or Instagram, and use the hashtag Fort Contest, and you're going to win 10-plus um, books of the Freedom Island book series, so over 10 books and a signed copy of Fiona's nice. Fantastical Fort. Yeah, and I saw that you had tweeted that out, so I'll retweet it as well, but it's hashtag Fort Contest. And then they get a signed copy of your book, Fiona's Fantastical Fort, as well from bravebooks.us. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I love your Twitter uh, account. You d- you define yourself as an Emmy Award-winning Fox anchor, mommy to three little humans, and pooper scooper to two dogs. So basically... Uh, you're a full-time cleaning lady who goes to your TV job to relax. It's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. When people say, you know, gosh, is your job stressful? Is it tough? And I say, no, <laughs> being home, that's the tough job. So when I go into work, it's like vacation. Yes. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, being a mom is obviously the hardest job in the world, but I wouldn't trade it for a second. And And since writing the book, I've actually kind of felt like this has given me an opportunity sort of to reconnect with my 
kids because they have really enjoyed being part of the process, part of, you know, meeting with Brave Books and hearing about the reason why they do this. We ran, you know, we ran some ads where my children were involved with some of the commercials and shoots, and they just had so much fun learning about it. And in the book, there's all these different activities that you can do with your kids. Yeah. And it made me realize, you know, I don't spend enough quality time with my kids. Like a lot of the times what we're doing is we're running to gymnastics, we're running to soccer, or, you know, I'm picking up the kids from school or they're being dropped off. And the first thing is like, get your homework done. And every single day, it's just rush, 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 rush. Yes. So it's really fun when you actually give the attention to your kids and actually do thought-based and uh, conversation starter type of activities mm-hmm. together, how much they really love it. I mean, my kids love that about brave books, just the fun activities in the back and conversation starters that normally you wouldn't think all you say to your kids is how was school? And then usually the answer is like, good. And then that's the end of your talk for the day, you know? Yes. So wait, just to dig in a little deeper. Yes. Well, wait until they're, my, my boys are teenagers now. And so you really get into that in the teen years, but I love the way you, you have a great balance between motherhood, your career, and that's just it. At the height of your career, you're also trying to cherish those moments that are precious, that are so fleeting with three, you know, younger kids. Tell me how you balance it all, Julie, because you make it look so easy. I mean, yeah, it's funny. I I never imagined that I would have this many kids ever. And I think (laughs) the reason why is because I was such a, I was a workaholic, Mm -hmm. a career addict, a stress addict whatever you want to call it. So I didn't end up having children until I was, you know, in my late 30s, early 40s. And I think being that I was afraid that there was something out there that potentially would take me away from the one thing I love most. And that's my job. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. my mom, my sister, my family are, are the most important. But you know, my job was so important that I didn't want anybody to take away from that from the time I graduated Emerson College and started working in small markets to work my way up to where I am today. There was nothing that was going to stop me. No boyfriend. Those usually lasted about three months. And then I'm like, nope, bye. (laughs) Um, I used to always joke around that like every relationship had a three month expiration point because at some point, you know, they start to want more attention from you. And I'm like, I've only got so much attention to pass around. So you're lucky that you've made it for three months. I um, love it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that I was not, I was never really available for anything that would actually take up a lot of my time other than my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then once I had kids, I mean, my God, they take up a lot of time, but I just loved the fact that my whole life now revolved around two things, my job and my children. And I find a way to sort of blend them both together. I love taking my kids to work. I love to teach them about, you know, being strong and and, and searching for a career when you're young. So you know what you want to do when you grow up and giving them that role model of that. I'm a mom and I'm a woman. And I also happen to be the breadwinner and I am, an example for a lot of girls that, you know, you grow up a certain way where your father's the one that, you know, earns a living and the mother stays at home. Well, that's, that was my upbringing. Um, But I've turned the tables on that. So I'm hoping that, you know, I teach my daughters someday that they don't have, they don't need a man to make them, you know, powerful, successful, and happy. And that if you find that, that's great, but it's all about finding happiness within yourself. And I think they're just, they love the fact that their mom is different than a lot of their moms, you know, like their friends' moms don't necessarily, you know, do more than what, you know, what the, what your typical house mom would do, which is so much work, you know, but to be able to do both, I think, is a really cool balance to sort of pass on to your children. 
Well, Julie Banderas, we really appreciate you. You're, you know, an Emmy Award winning journalist, TV anchor. And, I, you know, you, you're talking about when you had kids, but, you know, we all watch you and, and just uh, you're ageless as well. And uh, so I, I don't know what you're doing, but or what water you're drinking. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My Facebook memories, you know, when your Facebook memories pop up and you're like, oh, my God, that feels like yesterday. Yeah. I'm pregnant in all my Facebook memories. And I'm like, when the hell was I not pregnant? <laughs> like, but yeah, I'm done. But it's amazing how Facebook looks to remind me that I've just spent so much time being pregnant. But yes. no, motherhood is the greatest thing in the world. So and, and being able to do this and work with a company that's you know, a Christian-based company has just brought me back to my roots, and it's just, like, such an amazing experience. Aww. Julie Banderas. So I'm glad really, I had time. Yes, and we we just appreciate you, and I'll talk more about where people can find you in that fort contest. But, Julie, thanks a million. Um, you made my day. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yours, <laughs> mine as well. I just got back from Croatia, so this is, like, the first time that I've actually been speaking other than you know, being on vacation away from kids. So I'm glad to be back and finally talk about the book again. So this was my first one. <laughs> well, congratulations. So great to talk to you. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much. Julie Banderas. And so you can find her on Twitter at Julie Banderas. And you can also, if you're interested in knowing more about the Fort Contest, it's hashtag Fort Contest to win those books and her book, Fiona's Fantastical Fort. You know, when we think about you know, reading to our kids. I remember it seems like yesterday reading to my kids, you know, good night, moon. Remember all those children's books and then them growing up so quickly, like little weeds now trying to find their pants that fit them that are long enough as my boys grow and grow. But maybe your son has or grandson has an interest in science, technology, engineering, the arts, maybe math. Make your son part of an incredible tradition at LaSalle College High School in Montgomery County. And just visit this Sunday, September 25th, 10 o'clock in the morning, LaSalle College High School's Fall Open House Academic Excellence. I can't even tell you how dedicated the faculty, because if you remember what happened during the pandemic, my Michael, who just graduated from LaSalle, was actually diagnosed with type 1 uh, diabetes. And I've talked about it before, but to go through that and to go through a pandemic, and not only did they find a way to stay in school, but the support level of the faculty, the school nurses, was, I, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to get all verklempt, so I'm not going to start crying, but I, I can't even express to you how dedicated the faculty is and just how much they took their extra time for Michael. And that's just it. Every single child they treat as if this is their own child. They have such a commitment to service, outstanding extracurriculars, so much more. LaSalle College High School, right in Montgomery County, so right over, you know, practically over the Philadelphia border, this Sunday, September 25th, 10 a.m. Register now, lschs.org, lschs.org, LaSalle College High School's Fall Open House. This Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning, just register and as always, your kids will enter to learn, leave to serve. Make sure you tell them Dawn sent you. We've talked a lot about crime and, in air quotes, criminal justice reform. We've talked about school education. I'll talk more about school, but in our final half hour, I will get into the huge economic story, of course, and the fallout from the Fed's third straight rate hike. And you want to stick around for... <laughs> Oh, my goodness, some unbelievable back and forth and and fiery um, confrontations happening on Capitol Hill and beyond. So we'll get to that in a moment. But I've talked a lot about Bucks County. This is um, Bucks County is a place where 
I, I know for my husband and I, we've lived in Philadelphia, obviously, for decades um, and raised our children here. And we, at multiple points, searched for a home in Bucks County. We thought, we got to move to Bucks. What are they known for? The reason a lot of people move to Bucks County is because of the incredible public schools. So people from Philadelphia, but also people from points in New Jersey, as well as New York City, move to Bucks because it's known as a place where it's a safe, wonderful community with a lot of parks, a family-friendly place, but the schools are awesome and among the best in the country, public schools where you don't have to pay for the private education. So this is a place where, you know, people move here and like-minded people move here as maybe planning a family or they already are parents. And they say, we want to come here because we know that the people in Bucks County put children first and education first. And so that's why you're seeing so much fiery debate as the woke curriculum tries to make its way into the classrooms of tens of thousands of children in places like Bucks County. So listen in now as this controversy erupts at Bucks County, particularly in this one middle school, as to how teachers should address students. This is a 6ABC News report. Marlene Prey is a Central Bucks parent and local community organizer who says the district's informal policy risks outing students who are contending with gender identity issues or, in effect, keeping them in the closet. It's not legally defensible. It's not morally defensible. It's certainly not academically defensible. It's really, it's, it's cruelty. But officials from the district say the opposite is true. They describe it as an informal expectation, not a written policy. Does designed to make sure that parents are aware of their child's request to be addressed by a different name or pronoun. Superintendent Dr. Abe Lukabaugh sent Action News a statement reading in part, parents are stakeholders in these matters too. We talk with students about the importance of including parents in decisions like these, and we help prepare students for those conversations and also help facilitate them to reach an agreed upon solution. We spoke with some Central Bucks parents who say the district's directive simply puts young lives at risk. We've heard enough studies out there that say that when LGBTQ people are left in the closet and not given a supportive place to be, that there's an increase in suicide, depression, drug use. While others say excluding parents from such a deeply personal issue involving their kids is also risky. It is their child and they are legally responsible. And I think if they don't have information to work with, that's not fair for them either. Yeah, so this is one, you know, one side. This is one educator speaking out with concerns about this. But I think what's important to remember, and the word legal was brought up. So in other words, as a parent, I am a legal guardian. I am legally responsible, and they have to follow the law. This is why lawmakers matter, right? This is why it matters, for example, who is your United States Senator, who's going to vote on a national level or even on a local level, who is going to guide this kind of legislation, these kinds of rulings. And I think for parents, uh, we do have rights. I have a right as a parent. I am a legal guardian. And that's what's amazing to me is that there are people in the community and some of them educators, yes, who want to shut down the rights and the voice of a parent 
And so when we talk about equity and inclusion, why not include parents in the conversation rather than block out a parent? Why do they assume, and I don't know if we have this, I'll send this to you, Matt, but why do we assume that a parent would not do everything as a loving, caring parent to support their child? And um, there's actually a a teen speaking out about this who went through uh, the transgender uh, surgery who spoke out recently and what they went through. But to me, this is all about the government, putting the government as a wedge in between children and their parents and training children even at a young age to distrust their parents. That's really the message here. And to put wedges in between teachers, parents, and children. And that's what I'm against. That's where I put my foot down. And that's what is happening in Bucks County. This is a battle. And what happens in Bucks matters. And the reason it matters is because everybody is watching this very carefully. And you're hearing, and this is about politics. So to me, this is not about being supportive of a child who's dealing with their identity, okay? That's really not what this is about. To me, this is disingenuous. What it's really about is people trying to implement politics and progressive policies and being able to infuse that into schools when children are young, to get them while they're young. That's what's happening here. Now, as far as some of the educators who are who are caught in the middle of this, I actually think that that many educators don't understand that fully and and say, oh, no, who would do that? Who would who would do that in the name of politics? No, it's about the children. So I actually think some educators who you might hear on this are are not about the politics. They're really about caring for a child. Are there some kids who are going through uh, some kind of an identity issue? And the parents are not supportive, perhaps, but that makes it all the more important to have school counselors to bring in the parents and then allow that very delicate, very individualized process of counseling and working with families so that they can come together. Because those parents, no matter what, they are the first line of defense. They love their children. And so why not just try to work with them, counsel them? The reason is, and it's it's just so obvious to me and I, I know to you, the reason is that that's not what this is about. This is not about putting children first. It's about winning elections. It's about politicians and political viewpoints. That's what it's really about. This is The Dawn Show. I'm Dawn Stensland, mentee. You can find me on Twitter at Dawn Stensland. Oh, I so appreciate you, and I I just appreciate the fact that you listen. I, su- I so appreciate your support, and I appreciate our sponsors like Piazza, the Piazza Auto Group, because they support me. And <laughs> and as you well know, um, if you're a conservative, if maybe you're a person who believes in, in you know, you, your faith-based rights, then you understand it, and you get it, that right now conservatives and uh, many people in faith-based communities, Republicans, um, it's one of the few discrimination types that, that's allowed. It, it's a discrimination that's happening. And so I appreciate that our sponsors keep us from being canceled. 
So my friends from the Piazza Auto Group, they're always here to assist you with all of your automotive needs. Piazza, they've grown to include Piazza Premium Automobiles, some of the most beautiful vehicles on the road, Land Rover, Jaguar, Porsche, Mercedes-Benz, Alfa Romeo, Maserati dealerships in Pennsylvania, as well as Northern Delaware. Just check them out online, PiazzaPremiumAutos.com for a location nearest you, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. Please make sure you tell them Dawn sent you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So let's talk about the economy. Inflation is rough. We haven't seen this kind of inflation in, what, 40 years. And so because of that, we know that the Fed is trying to cool the inflation. So the Federal Reserve, as expected, approving its third consecutive interest rate hike of three-fourths of a percentage point, so 0.75, and signaling extra large increases. We're likely even though uh, they're raising the risk of recession. And so this is delicate work. And we have you know economists speaking out about it. And I know even Wharton had uh, sounded off here locally about it. But let's listen in. We'll take you through it. And we've got some fiery audio coming up that you want to listen to. But here's the Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, as he's uh, wrapping up two days of meetings and making the big announcement. Today, the FOMC raised its policy interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point, and we anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate. We are moving our policy stance purposefully to a level that will be sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2%. We have always understood that restoring price stability while achieving a relatively modest decline, a rather increase in unemployment, and a soft landing would be would be very challenging. And, and we don't know. No one knows whether this process will lead to a recession, or if so, how significant that recession would be. That's going to depend on uh, how quickly wage and price inflation, inflation pressures come down, whether expectations remain anchored, uh, and whether 
you know, also, do we get more labor supply, which would help as well. In addition, the chances of a soft landing, landing are likely to diminish to the extent that policy needs to be more restrictive or restrictive for longer. Nonetheless, uh, we're committed to getting inflation back down to 2% because we think that a failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain later on. So he's talking about pain. We've already been feeling it. And so this is grim, a grim announcement. So let's listen in as Powell continues as he talks about, right, we have a little bit more of Powell as he talks more about how much pain we the people will feel. People are seeing their wage increases, their, their wage increases eaten up by inflation. So if, you're, if you, your family is one where you spend most of your paycheck, every paycheck cycle, on gas, food, transportation, clothing, basics of life, and prices go up the way they've been going up, you're in trouble right away. You, you don't have a cushion, and this is very painful for people at the lower end of the income and wealth spectrum. So that's what we're hearing from people is, you know, it, it very much that inflation is really hurting. Yes, and we all feel it for sure. Um, there's a lot of reaction, obviously, to this. But let's take you to now a uh, far left representative, Rashida Tlaib, who's a Democrat. Uh, she was le- decided to lecture some top bank executives during a House Financial Services Committee hearing on regulatory and oversight matters. And this was in the uh, banking industry yesterday afternoon. And maybe she didn't ex- quite expect the response she received. And so she's she's decided. And let me tell you something. Uh, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon, uh, you know, a guy who uh, he's been around the block a few times and he <laughs> I cannot believe that this woman decided that this uh, this representative, this elected official decided to take on Jamie Dimon during in, in a public forum at a House Financial Services Committee hearing. Just uh, listen in. Does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products, Mr. Diamond? Absolutely not, and that would be the road to hell for America. Yeah, that's right. Sir, you know what? Everybody that got relief from student loans has a bank account with your bank should probably re- take out their account and close their account. The fact that you're not even there to help relieve many of the folks that are in debt, extreme debt because of student loan debt, and you're out there criticizing it. Ms. Frazier, how about you? Uh, we will continue to invest in uh, and support clients who are investing in fossil fuels and in uh, in helping them transition to cleaner energies. And Mr. Uh, Monahan? We are helping our clients make a transition, and that means we're, we're lending to both oil and gas companies and to new energy companies and helping monitor their course towards the standards you're talking about. Yeah, Mr. Sharp? Uh, excuse me, uh, the same thing as Mr. Monahan said. Yeah, what he I'm said. not going to ask you, Mr. Diamond, because you obviously don't care about working class people in frontline communities like ours that are facing huge amounts of high rates of asthma, respiratory issues, and so much more. Cancer rates are so high among my communities that I represent. So I'm not going to even ask you if you're committing to ending financing of new oil and gas projects. But Ms. Frazier, Mr. Monahan, Mr. Shade, we are living through a climate crisis today. And a commitment to net zero requires a commitment to ending fossil fuel financing. It is important because I want you all to know at the end, we're going to pay the cost of the public health impact. These are people that you're supposed to be serving, the folks that you're supposed to be providing and supporting in communities. Ouch. 
And do we have uh, Jamie Dimon responding? Oh, we don't. Okay. But, you know, this woman's an idiot. All right. Uh, so it's not a, and even, you know what, she's such an idiot. Even another Democrat uh, is is slamming her. Debbie Wasserman, should I just move on to this? To uh, This is Representative Debbie Wasserman. You remember her, Wasserman Schultz. She's even slamming Representative Tlaib for uh, saying one cannot support Israel and be progressive. So this was during an online event on Tuesday of this week. And, well, let's just listen in. I want you all to know that among progressives, it has become clear that you cannot claim to hold progressive values yet back Israel's apartheid government. And we will continue to push back and not accept this idea that you are progressive, progressive except for Palestine any longer. I want you all to know. I want you all to know. And so, she brings up all these other issues. For example, she she brought up you heard her bring up um, asthma or or student loans in this in this banking committee. Uh, she brings up everything else because why? And this is what so many do because they're not going to talk about the issue at hand. So they're just going to I call it a frisbee you know toss insult. So they're not going to talk about the issue and they're not going to get delve into the actual issue to try to bring forth solutions. She's just hurling insults. But during during this one, um, actually, rep- you know, to her credit, Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz is slamming Tlaib. Why? Because, you know, they're saying that uh, we're going to we're going to continue to push back and not accept this idea that you are progressive except for philistine any longer so wasserman schultz did not mince any words we have wasserman schultz's reaction we i guess we don't have that part of it but wasserman schultz is not mincing words and saying quote the outrageous progressive litmus test on israel by at rashida talib is nothing short of anti-semitic this is not the first time we've heard an accusation of, of anti-Semitism, by the way, against Tlaib. And Wasserman Schultz goes on, proud progressives do support Israel's right to exist as a Jewish and democratic state, suggesting otherwise is shameful and dangerous. Divisive rhetoric does not lead to peace. And that was what Wasserman Schultz had tweeted. And she's not the only Democrat to blast Tlaib over these comments um, who said this one? So we have another Democrat from New York, Representative uh, Richie Torres, who's a progressive. And I'm quoting here, says, there's nothing progressive about advocating for the end of Israel as a Jewish state. Nothing progressive about opposing the Abraham Accords, which promotes peace. Nothing progressive about opposing Iron Dome, which protects civilians from indiscriminate rocket fire. That was the tweet and the reaction uh, from Representative Torres, another Democrat, and and the list goes on, by the way. So many were just condemning Tlaib, who, again, is a big idiot. That, that That's it. And I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that about many people, but this representative does not really deserve... Uh, I'm, I'm shocked she's there, honestly, because she just continues on and on. All right. I will continue on and on right after this. We have to take a quick, quick, quick... Commercial break. The Dawn Show returns right after this. As we talk about economic news, there's more 
economic news with the number of Americans filing for jobless benefits rising slightly last week with the Federal Reserve pushing hard to cool the economy and then try to tamp down inflation. So we know that according to the latest Labor Department numbers just released this morning, applications for unemployment benefits for the week ending September 17th, they rose by about 5,000 to 213,000, that from the Labor Department. These are new numbers, and last week's number was revised down by 5,000 to 208. So we we were told, uh, we were told initially that those numbers, oh, they're falling, but in fact, they, they were rising slightly. So the four-week average for claims, which then evens out some of the, the weekly volatil- volatility, fell by about 6,000. So uh, yesterday, of course, all of the backdrop of this is that the Fed, the Federal Reserve, raising its benchmark short-term borrowing rate by another three-quarters of a point in an effort to try to bring down the persistent decades-high inflation. Though gas prices have steadily retreated since summer, actually, I think today we learned that gas prices went up slightly for the first time um, this summer, since summer, but prices for food and other essentials remain elevated, as we all know, enough that the Fed has indicated it's going to keep raising its its benchmark interest rate until prices come back down to normal levels. And we've talked about this, that the fuel prices are critical, and especially as we head into winter. And so I just want to, it bears repeating and hearing this again, that during this, you know, meeting of top executives, CEOs from America's six largest banks, and they were asked to address serious issues by some members, some elected officials, such as the influences of, for example, Chinese banks and the impact of the war in Ukraine and the pandemic on the economy, inflation, all of that. And I just want to, Matt has isolated the audio as um, Representative Tlaib had you know really thought that she could kind of rough up <laughs> J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon during this House Financial Services Committee hearing, and she says she talked about the fact that we need uh, no new fuel fossil fuel production, no new fossil fuel production because it's all about you know zero zero net you know clean energy and all of that immediately even though we're in the midst of a financial crisis. So she said, please answer with a simple yes or no. Does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products? And she addressed Mr. Diamond. And what does he say? Absolutely not. And that would be the road to hell for America. The road to hell. So we need to just isolate that. Every time one of these people is talking about this, we need to say the road to hell. How about that strong of a comment? And then she shut him out. You heard we we played the rest of it, but I, I felt it was worth it to just bring that to you as as we think about out of touch career politicians who, to my knowledge, have not have not been able to run a business. Or be, you know, on a job for any length of time. And yet here they are. They're elected officials making decisions as the rest of us suffer. It's sickening to me. It really is. 
as we talk about elected officials, and I think about Philadelphia being one of being one of the strictest places with the most severe um, shutdowns, lockdowns, mandates during the pandemic. It has been, doesn't it feel like a decade that we've been dealing with the pandemic? And I, I just remember that March of, you know, what is it, technically two and a half years ago. And they said, we're going to shut down the schools. We're shutting down everything. And when they said that, I remember thinking, oh, it'll be fun. The kids will be home. Remember that? Two weeks to slow the spread. Do you remember this? Did you realize that as all the rest of us, and I've, I've always come to work here, and sometimes I felt like the only person in the building, but so many of us have come back to work, certainly within the last year, for first responders, for law enforcement, especially firefighters, nurses, doctors. You've been coming to work. You were never allowed to work by a Zoom call. But guess who is finally, finally, for the first day right now, meeting Philadelphia City Council. Yes, it's the first time that they're all back together. Oh, my. Oh, your hair has grown. You look different than you looked on that Zoom call. They've been on Zoom. If you can even imagine this, they've been on Zoom this entire time since since what two more than two and a half years ago they've been allowed to phone it in did you even notice and somebody even criticized me one time when i said because remember they broke for vacation they talked about what needed to get done but they were breaking for vacation amid a crisis a a, a skyrocketing crime crisis among other things and somebody said they're not on vacation i just saw somebody no you didn't They've been they've been they've they've been zooming. Maybe you saw them on Zoom on your edu- on your whatever channel, the public access channel. Ah, in any event. So I have to tell you one more time about the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. It is everything you want in a digital casino and sportsbook. So join Bet Parks with me now. It's the only casino and sportsbook app I ever recommend. And yes, you know I'm a football mom. I love Football, whether it's high school football or whatever, but you can bet on college football, pro football tonight and Sunday, bet the birds, bet Penn State, all your favorite college stuff. So live in-game betting, you can bet on the action as it's happening. Just download it in the App Store, Google Play Store, betparks.com. New users make your first bet risk-free up to $750. Your risk-free bet refunded in site credit. It's a sports book and casino all in one amazing app the bet park sportsbook and casino app you must be 21 in pennsylvania or new jersey gambling gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER but you know i love parks because they're local they have the big uh, racing event coming up this weekend so you got to always check them out and we want to check out what's coming up on the dom giordana show hey dom hey uh dawn we have robert kahawi he's out of sick bay uh, giving us the polling from trafalgar and dr oz at 1 30 Look forward to it. The Dom Giordano Show is up next. I'm Dawn here on The Dawn Show. You can always find me on Twitter at Dawn Stensland. Have a blessed Thursday. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.